Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. Tonight, I have a guest, which I'm very happy, whom I'm very happy to have on the show, uh, because he, he's just like super cool and, and a very nice human. Uh, his name is Wick Maliway. Yes, he's the other half of the Maliway brothers. And Wick tells us on his bio, he's an illustrator and a witch who has spent a long time buried in myths and fairy tales that he now lives one. In addition to being one of the founders of Cross Crow Books, Wick is also an owner of the Maliway Brothers Witchcraft Shop located in Chicago with his brother, Blake. He is the primary facilitator of the Witches Conclave, I'm sorry, a Chicago-based group of magical practitioners who come together to learn and explore the various methods of making magic. While he studies many forms of magic and lore, he specializes in folk magic traditions, the power connected to the land, unique local customs, and what spirits might reside in any given place have fueled not only this book, but his own brand of local witchery as well. And did I say conclave? Yeah, because I said it on Spanish. It's conclave, but my my brain defaulted to Spanish and said conclave. So since we're doing bilingual, bienvenido. Uh, welcome, Wick. Welcome to Lunatic Mondays. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm doing amazing. Also, like what a what a nice intro to me in the beginning. That was so sweet. You got me blushy. Well, you have been nothing but nice to me. So like, you know, why why wouldn't I be nice to you? And um you're very you're a very sweet person. And I don't know if um people are aware of that, but um yeah, you you are all that. Or that's what oh, I thank you. Uh, a sweet sweet man um and of course i'm very happy to have met you you be the long lost brother my good friend blake and suddenly you burst into the scene you have this shop you have this publishing company and you guys are taking chicago and the pagan community by storm i'm very happy very very happy for you i know blake and i know how blake works which is all the time but i didn't know about you so i'm here to to know you and i get i got to know you through your book which is amazing we're going to talk about the book a little bit later a witch's book of terribles uh but tell us a little bit about you about your story how did you know you were a witch that was something, and I feel like it's hard to kind of answer that question too, because I don't know if there was a moment where I didn't know I was a witch. Um, I definitely know like super duper 
early on as far back as I can remember, like age four or three, I was casting spells and like talking to trees and putting nests in trees for fairies and stuff. Um, and I think like, like everyone, we all say like, oh, you know, we were doing that stuff, but we weren't calling ourselves a witch. And like, I was, I was calling myself like a bunch of things. The word witch didn't come up. I was like calling myself like an ultra lord and a sorcerer and a genie and like all these things. Like it was definitely magical, but the word witch, I didn't actually pick up until I was like, this, this one feels right. I think that was like high school type of time. And did you grow up in a family that was spiritual and or religious at all or or you didn't grow up with a religion? Not religion, really. Um, I'm Jewish, but like Jewish. So like not really religiously Jewish, kind of more culturally Jewish. Um, and technically I'm a half breed. So I'm half Jewish, half Christian, but Jewish on my mother's side. And she's the one who raised me. So it was kind of all of that. Um, but magically, like everyone was all super open. So if you wanted to express something else, you were free to do it. I do have a lot of other people in my family who do practice magic and different types of magical arts. Um, and I remember practicing with my cousins when I was a lot younger and uh, now we still do a few things. So it wasn't my parents exactly, but it was in there. That is so wonderful because it looks like it was uh, nurture, right? The curiosity and the spell working and, you know, all these adventures and obviously having a vivid imagination and uh, a fantasy world in your mind which we're going to talk about when we talk about the book but um so you you find yourself being a witch doing spells and living a magical life and then when did the entrepreneur came through because your store is like one of the nicest in chicago oh thank you that was um like an amazing combination of what me and Blake are both able to do that just kind of fit together perfectly. Cause you were mentioning Blake before and like, you're right. He is always working. He's like a bullet of business power. So like he'll take things and just shoot it forward and make things happen out of it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. Um, and then I, what I do is I have always been like an illustrator, storyteller. Um, I work really in creative things a lot. And that was kind of things that like, he wouldn't be able to do that as much. So he's the one who's like shooting forward. And I was the one to kind of like turn this into like a store and how we're able to kind of like make this something where it's like more community based and bring all the people in. So like together we were kind of able to sort of nurture it into a beautiful shop baby. And that was around, um, I think we started doing it maybe like 2016 or 2017, just by like vending at different, uh, pagan prides and stuff like that and then um we started doing classes eventually which was like so much fun once we started that and they kind of just simultaneously exploded on each other that they became what it is now and now the store as a brick and mortar is what like five years old kind of it's the one we have now like the space we're in now we've had for two years and then we were in another spot, just like a few blocks down the street, two years before that. And then in the other direction, two blocks, um, for one year, we just did our classes. But like, I wouldn't call that a shop or anything. It was just this very tiny little office, like the size of a closet that we were somehow able to squeeze 10 people into and just teach them things about magic. It was so weird and so shady. And I loved every moment of it. 
I love it. And I love that you have a thriving community now. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the Witches Conclave and where can people find you and where can people come and learn from y'all? I, I love the Witches Conclave. That might be one of the things that we do that I'm the most excited about because um, it's it's kind of always changing. You get to put a lot of creativity in there. So what it is, it's the Witches Conclave or the Witches Conclave. Is that what you called it? Conclave. Conclave. Okay. Um, that is on Meetup. And you can either find that through our website, MalawayBros.com, or you can go on Meetup to find it directly and just type in the Witches Conclave. We also have another group um, called Malaway's Guild of Magic. And that's just where like people in the community will come and they, if they want to teach something specifically in our shop, then we kind of set it up there and they post it there. And that that's a really fun one. Cause one of, I think our best things, I mean, we do a lot, but I really think we got super lucky with the community, the witches who come in, they're all super duper hungry to learn. We keep posting things and we're like, this might be a little far and a little bit intense because we do stuff like like how to curse your enemies and like working with the devil and uh, just like really deep magic, like astral projection and summoning familiars, just like stuff that we think is going to be really edgy. And folks are just coming in. They're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go farther. Let's do more. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you guys. This is fantastic. So we just got the best luck with the people who come in. Definitely. And I will have to say I'm one of the very lucky people that is part of the uh, other side of the Witches Conclave, which is the um, Malawi's Guild of Magic and uh, Meetup. And I want to say thank you to Wick because, of course, me being able to teach there and come and do my thing and share with people is thanks to the endless emails that we send at various hours of the morning because I have finally find my match in Wick, <laughs> uh, a night owl. Um, I always identify and I use the hashtag have witch have vampire and then I thought I was the only person ever and then I met Wick and we're texting live in real time at three o'clock in the morning like so is this date available yeah so I want to do a new moon ritual okay yeah that's fine uh, that was such a, a fresh surprise for me to <laughs> discover that I have another night owl friend and thank you for everything you do and I'm going to do a shameless plug in here uh, because I've been doing new moon ceremonies as part of the guild and it has been very successful and I want to continue inviting people to go to meet up and find the uh, Maliway's Guild of Magic and your Trulis events, Laura Gonzalez, new moon celebrations and all of that. So that plug being plugged uh Let's do the other plug that is very important because you guys are unstoppable. And I keep saying you guys because there's two brothers, right? Is in a wonderful team of people that is working with you now because oh, you've expanded so much that you got to have a team. But let's talk a little bit about the Cross Crow books. What's up? <laughs> this is something too, which we just started um it feels like we started it yesterday um we started it like about a year ago um maybe a year and a half ago and it, it was this uh new idea once we were pretty comfortable in the shop that we're like let's see where else we can expand and then we uh like Blake is huge into books um and I have been working in books already as an illustrator doing the creative side cover design things like that so it was kind of skills that we both had that we were able to put together into this and then 
like I feel like we were going into it thinking like okay this is something like we'll just kind of work on this on the side and then it was just like a rubber band where the moment we started it just started shooting forward so fast and now I'm like we're both like like uh burning the midnight oil insanely like every day trying to get all this stuff done but we've got the chance to work with some of the most amazing writers people that we didn't even know that we would ever get the chance to really talk to and it's it's so exciting and we're able to get all kinds of magic out that I feel like we especially are so uh, excited about and we really want to make sure that there's more of that in the world. So it's just been a, a great honor. And let me let me digress a little bit because uh, talking about the shop, um, for those who are not in Chicago or haven't been in Chicago or haven't been to Maliway Brothers, um, you walk into the shop, first of all, it calls you in. And then a whole wall and I'm not exaggerating and I've been known to exaggerate but I'm not this time a whole wall uh, floor to ceiling filled with books so if you're looking for a book and you don't think that you can find it it's because you haven't gone to Madway <laughs> they have everything and I love when I'm there and people ask me so who have you interviewed and I just go to the shelves and I go this one, this one, this one, this one, you know, uh, pointing all the books of all the interviews that I have been uh, blessed and lucky and fortunate to do. And now to see so many titles that are coming out of Cross Crow Books, can you, is it okay if you mention a few of the titles, a few of the authors that are either already out there or on the works? Yeah, I know the one who we just had the most recent interaction with, who is just like such a fun person, who had such a spicy personality. Um, it was uh, Deborah Lip, who just came out for her book signing for The Way of Four. Um, Chris Allen's book also just came out, which was uh, The Black Book of Jonathan Notbristle, which actually is a, it's a fantastic book and kind of similar to even what I was doing. So that was a really fun one to go through. And then um, we're also getting a few books on now from uh, the late Raven Gramasi. Um, so we're getting things from his portfolio through the help of his wife, Stephanie. And um, that's that's an interesting one to go through that we're like so complimented that they even came to us with it. That is fantastic. And, and I'm so happy for you guys. And I know as a person that has been on this side, right, of, of the books and the writers and the publishing houses and all that, uh, it is a delight to work with you guys. And Thank you for bringing all those titles to our attention. And then the more that will come. And of course, you can find everything about Cross Crow Books at crosscrowbooks.com. Is that yes. it? Yeah. And just an FYI, two weeks from today, on May 22nd, we're going to have Chris Allen here talking about his new book by Cross Crow Books, The Black Book of Jonathan not bristle i don't know if i pronounced that correctly um yeah that's right so stay tuned because chris allen comes back once again to the show chris allen is one of those people that has like frequent flyer miles on lunatic mondays because he's here all the time <laughs> <laughs> you know? but anyway thank you for letting us into your world of magic um i personally me laura gonzalez i love art that is not a secret for anybody i dabble and create my devotional art and i do see paganism and witchcraft as a religion right whereas in other witches see it as a practice which i'm 
I'm gonna assume and correct me if I'm wrong, you're on that category, right? That is not a religious practice, but it's more like a way of life. Yeah, at least the way I practice it, that's how I look yeah. at it. And then there are so many different ways to be a witch, right? And the, 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 as many witches in the world as they are tales and way to art because every artist expresses themselves differently and as a as a young artist drawing and, and painting seeing your illustrations is a delight <laughs> uh, the more I get into art myself the more I observe what is presented before me right the every stroke and every movement of the pencil and every detail on the ink and the paper and how the light and the shadow work how did you get into illustration you're very talented by the way oh thank you i think um this sounds the exact same as my witchcraft story but it's just something that i've always been doing and always been drawing pictures i've always loved like uh like picture books and comic books and cartoons um Disney obviously was a pretty big influence, probably a pretty big influence for why I'm a witch too. Um, but just kind of being able, like what you're talking about, like looking at things and being really interested in the way that you're able to put certain lines together to give a certain type of emotion. And um, I've also always been really interested in just storytelling and making things up. Um, and I think drawing was just a good way for me to kind of get what was in my head, out of my head. So that just kind of went together really nicely. Oh, my dog is singing the song of his people. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> something must be happening outside. And Uno wants to make himself present on the magic, as he always does. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Stop it. Uh, so we're going to talk about this wonderful book, A Witch's Book of Terribles, Legends, Tales, and Parables by Wick Malloway. Did you, I'm, I'm, English is my second language, okay? I'm not familiar if Terribles is something that already existed or if Terribles is something that you've created as a way of the witch's tales. It was, a, I mean, the word itself was around for sure, but like the idea of it being sort of a, a different word for fairy tales was something that I came up with. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love that you came up with it, and I love how you explain on the introduction of the book. Um, and I'm going to read here, uh, because while witches might not have their own fairy tales, myths, or fables, we do indeed have our terribles. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I um, The way you capture our imagination, the the, the detailed the minute way of your narrative is really beautiful. I love that while I'm making everything in my head, everything that you're telling me is appearing in my head. And then I turn the page and there's the image and I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what you were describing. Uh, <laughs> that is an art in and of itself. How long have you been writing? Is this a collection that took you a long time? This collection did take me uh, a few years, probably. Um, but I've, I think I've been writing not as long as I've been drawing because I mean, I learned how to draw before I learned how to read. So that was just something that naturally came out. Um, but it was definitely something that happened very, very early on. And it wasn't good at the beginning. I was no child, so don't or anything like that. But like it was, um, 
it was something that just kind of helped the imagination get out of my head. Well, you do it wonderfully. I I really enjoy all the tales. I enjoy also how you say on, on the beginning of the book that there are many different ways to be a witch. And why is that so important in this day and age that we all understand that it's okay to not practice like the witch next door? I think that's a big thing that kind of, especially on the internet, you see it a lot where people are kind of coming into the craft and um, they're like, is this right? Do I do it this way? And they instantly get shot down and they're like, no, that's not correct. You're not doing this the right way. My way is the correct way. And I think for me, one of the biggest things when I was getting into magic, um, Wicca was the big thing that was around and like Wicca was great. It really brought magic into the light, but it wasn't the thing for me. And I knew that when I was starting out, but I didn't see any other like sources around there that I could find. Um, so being able to practice my craft and just kind of finding my own way to do it, no matter what anyone else was saying, was really big for me. Um, so that was something that I think a lot of people are now learning themselves. And it's something that I definitely wanted to get across with this book. Definitely. And I think it's very important that people understand that there are, you know, different ways to be witches that not all witches are created equally and that there are so many people that um, is not seen as a religion, it's not their spirituality, it's a way of life, it's a philosophy that for some it's a very heavily religious, spiritual and devotional practice and that for some it's just fun and a way of life and a way of uh, having fun and, and solving uh, problems. But I think, in my opinion, uh, one constant ingredient is to have fun, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, one of the biggest parts of it is to never lose that sense of fun or that childhood wonder in anything. I think, um, I think like a lot of witches now kind of come from this almost as like a area of fantasy, but they want to like find reality from the fantasy. So they kind of like boil it down a bit. And I think like a big part of the magic is sort of turning reality into fantasy like it's something where you have the option just to make things fun and amazing and wonderful and like don't don't try to limit yourself you know they say um it is through imagination that the divine speaks to us and the divine as you might call it the god or the goddess or both or neither or source or the universe or whatever and i think that creativity and imagination is one of the greatest expressions of magic whether you are a catholic witch or a pagan witch or a christian witch which they exist even for some people who would like them not to exist <laughs> uh they exist and i think everybody um should do what they want i when i'm teaching i always say wait you've never heard me because we've never been on, on a teaching space together but i always tell people the four most magical words you do you who <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you do you, you do your magic is between you and the divine, between you and the earth, between you and source, or between you and you. If you are an atheist witch, because they are witches are atheists and they don't believe on any higher power. Uh, but anyway, back to the book. I also love the tales, you know, like, I don't know if I have seen any authors because there's a lot of books out there 
um, that are like entry-level witchcraft, uh, Wicca 101, Witchcraft 101, how to cast a spell, how to, um, I don't know, gain your power, uh, be a feminist, be a social justice warrior, blah, blah. I mean, uh, working with the moon, working with terrible. This is about the tales. This is about the fantasy. I don't know that I have seen a book that is talking about stories of witches as of ever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. That was like I I I was in the kind of the same zone with that where I feel like there should be something just for witches specifically. And and they are not I, I I'm afraid to say this, but I'm gonna say they are not fairy tales. They are by definition fairy tales, right? By the modern definition of fairy tales, but they are not. They, they, you're you're talking about some deep stuff here. Yeah, I mean, it's all supposed to come from kind of like a a real area, and that's the idea of fairy tales, or the idea of all stories. Really, is that you're supposed to learn something real through some kind of uh, fictional narrative. So like, especially with fairy tales, they all have certain morals to them and they have life lessons and things like that. Or like, if you come up to this situation, like what's the best advice kind of going forward from things like that. And I think for me, at least, if they just tell you like, here's a situation and here's what you should do. Like, I'm just going to go through one ear and out the other. So that's kind of why I like the idea of like a fairy tale approach with it. You're going to at least hopefully be sucked in by the idea of the story. And then if you do come up to this situation, you're going to be like, oh, well, that kind of happened in the book. I can kind of remember that. So that was what this was supposed to be, is that um, you're learning kind of advice and certain morals that you might or might not come across um, as a witch and sort of how you're supposed to deal with that. Is there any where or anyone in particular that you pull inspiration from for some of these tales? Yeah, actually, uh, originally, a lot of these were just going to be things that me and Blake went through. So there's some stories in here. There's one called uh, The Two Brothers in the Blood Wedding, which was something like very based off of something that me and Blake did when we were just being irresponsible with magic. Um, and then there were like other little tidbits of things that we went in there. And then there's people that I've met um, either in covens or uh, people who I've just known in real life that kind of have certain mindsets. And I'm like, oh, that would be excellent to have in the book. So a lot of it is really pulled from real situations and real people. Um, but names changed and situations changed and stuff like that it is uh being told wonderfully and like i say i don't want to give away so much of the book but if you like art and if you like illustrations this is a book for you just by way of the illustrations that are darling uh, but the tales of course and there are some that are long and you really have to immerse yourself into it and there's some of course that's the difference right between the legend the tale and the parable um, there are some that are very short and sweet but right to the point and there is one I can't I, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite but it's the one that probably spoke to me more directly and I'm gonna put you on the spot <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to read it if you're game if you don't want to read it I can read it but I will I, I always love to hear it from the author's mouth so this one is the dandy's dictum and I don't know if you want to can you tell us the story behind it and then 
read it? Yeah. So like one of the big morals, I guess I kind of wanted in that one um, is the idea of which is don't really like the, like, as you were talking about before, witchcraft for a lot of people is a practice. It's not something that is always a religion. And I think something that comes along with the practice side is that you are not automatically like this kind of like love and light person. You have a lot of options and things that you can do. So one of the biggest things that we always say in the shop and in the conclave is do what must be done um, instead of uh, do no harm. So that idea is something that really fed into this story specifically that there was a witch who came across something and they had to stand up and fight. And that was something that other witches really weren't into for him, but he was like, I don't care. I just needed to do it. And that's what I did. That is, that is wonderful. And with that, we have it here from the author's mouth. Uh, okay. And the dandy's dictum. All right. All right. I'm going to suffer you guys with my squeaky voice for a bit. Blackguard Slim was an awful man, just as his name suggests. Men dragged folks out from in their homes at his dark behest. To the gallows, to the snakes, and to the iron box, many witches met their ends from Blackguard and his flocks. We don't curse, we only heal, these witches would implore, though Blackguard Slim would just retort, you're rotten at your core. These witches sought to stand their ground as only they knew how, with love and light, though soon they found that Blackguard would not bow. Now Dandy Dooley healed well too, the best in all the land, but this one witch thought it wise to cast with both his hands. A peachy slipped to his stores and Blackguard took a bite, yet bitter as it was inside with maggots, mold, and fright. His innards churned, his veins went dark, and bones turned into dough. Then Dally, Dandy Dooley came upon and shook his head in woe. You have done this to yourself, my fruit shows what is true, and now it seems that all too clear the rotten one is you. With this, the witch left Blackguard to wither into paste, though utter witches righteously would turn their heads in haste. You sully our good name, they said, we witches only heal. Dandy Dooley then replied, I've promised no such deal. Your dictums are your own, and this I'll never shun, but left or right, I know mine too is do what must be done. Right. I uh -huh. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love it. And now is recorded for posterity by the okay. author's voice oh my god you're blushing i know you <laughs> cannot see wig but i can see wig and he is blushing i love it i love this and i love that um you you gotta do what you gotta do right i mean i am not a person that will concentrate only in love and light and again you do you boo you do what needs to be done. And that's kind of like what is behind it. And um, I've been known by recording a cursing spell against rapists and pedophiles. There's an audio going around the interwebs with me spewing stuff in Spanish. Uh, I haven't done anything in English ever, but you know, there's one in Spanish. How important is that we witches understand that witchcraft is first of all a tool to survival yeah that's huge i think that that's something that people kind of forgot a lot and they kind of separate it from almost anything else that they would do in life because i think if you weren't using magic if someone came up and they did something awful to you you would defend yourself you would do something to kind of like make that right 
however you do that. I'm not saying kill anyone, but like you would do something to make that right. And for some reason, when it comes to magic, people sort of give it a different set of rules. And I, I don't think it should be. And I think that people forget that magic is, most importantly, uh, it's a path of um, rebellion against oppression. It's a path of uh, the seeks justice and reparations at times. And that is also kept mostly by those who have been oppressed. Uh, you have people of color, indigenous people, and otherwise the Jewish community, of course, and some other people have been oppressed that turn to magic practices or their faith, whichever way they want to call it, to, you know, to, to, to be free from oppression. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't the case, we wouldn't have all this diasporic, um, Ifa, Buru, Huru, Santeria, etc. Or what is the Mexican folk magic that is an amalgamation of um, freedom from oppression magic and native practices and Catholicism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, people on audio can't tell, but I'm nodding my head a lot with this because that just that's exactly true. I think witchcraft by nature is something where it's it's it comes from the fringes like the people who are doing this kind of magic are the ones who come from sort of the outside and because of that everything we do is always going to be a little bit off the mainstream but that's where we get our power from we get our power from the fringes and that's something that i think you can't then step into it and be like okay then here are the rules of how to do that you got to be able to work just off of like your own life now <clears throat> of course, because I am a person that is um, in, in the six corners of so many different uh, diversities and minorities. You know, I'm a fat woman, vegan, uh, queer, immigrant, indigenous, blah, blah, blah. I tend to read between the lines a lot. <laughs> and there was a lot that I read behind white lace oh yeah i don't want to give away the book because i want people to enjoy that that is so powerful can you speak can you tease us a little bit about behind white lace yeah I'll show. this one was definitely the longest story and it's the one that makes up the end of the book so it was like once you're through all the easy stuff you gotta you gotta go into this one but it did have kind of the most hidden information in it i think um and behind white lace is one that it does kind of go into a lot of um like as easily as i could put it there's a lot of sort of like racial issues in it um and part of it is something to like where even it goes into racial issues. It goes into things about even joining covens and kind of this idea of being an outsider joining this bigger group of things. And how are you going to be able to keep yourself while you're still in this group that's telling you to do things in a different way? Um, and then what's a way to still take lessons from that, but not give yourself away to it. Um, so that there's a lot of that in that story specifically. And that one too, um, like I gave it kind of fantasy names and stuff, but it also is all based around like 
1800s Chicago. So it's got kind of a lot to do with what our land is sort of doing in that area. And it's kind of trying to build up like some natural folklore around here. So that was a fun one, but it was, it was lengthy. It's lengthy and it's filled with um, a lot of references. I saw myself on that tale a lot, <laughs> uh, which I'm grateful because I think you did it with, first of all, I think you did it with love. And then I think you did it with a lot of respect. Oh, thank for you. People, for people that don't look like you. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I'm just going to tell people, you know me, you know, my brand of justice, you know, my brand of activism, you want to give yourself the gift of reading behind white lakes. <laughs> and to do that, you will need to acquire a witch's book of terribles. By the way, the silly question, where can people find your book? What a good question. Um, We do have a website. We have uh, crosscrowbooks.com. You can order it off there. You can order it off of Amazon. Um, It's also on Ingram, meaning that there's it's any store can get it. Um, So we do have it in our store. We have it in a few other stores just around the world, really, at this point, which is super duper exciting to me. Um, But Definitely, I would say Crosscrow Books is probably the easiest place just to find it. Thank you. So crosscrowbooks.com um, or just come to the Maliway Brothers and it's right there at the center on one of those tables with all of the other titles by Crosscrow Books. Um, what's coming in the future? Do we, are we going to have another Book of Turbos? Will you have time? To write more, <laughs> to write another. I know you're super busy. Um, I want more. That's that's the eternal question is time. And like, I would love to do another one. Um, people have been bothering me too to do like a hardback edition of it. And if I did that, I would kind of like add more information in here and more magic. Um, but a book that I'm working on right now um, that I'm really excited about, but it takes a lot of research is more like a, Midwestern folk magic. So I want to take magic from like the Chicago area and the Great Lakes regions and sort of bind together a lot of that folklore and build certain magical traditions off of what we have going on in the land here. So that's that's what I'm working on right now. But the Terribles will be a fun one to kind of like also expand on if I get the time. That will be great. And I will be the first in line to get it. And uh, and we need it. We need, we need this kind of book that is not just for learning and for like practicing or whatever but it's also to see ourselves as modern witches in myth and folklore because why not you know why yeah when did we when did we stop appearing and i also would like to see uh or, or would like to continue seeing um triumphant witches like uh oh what's her name the one with the and and oh, and and Aunt Brunilda. Aunt Brunilda. I yeah. I like to see triumphant witches like Aunt Brunilda. But anyway, I'm, I'm, enough of me giving away the book. Uh, go buy it. Uh, go to Malaways. What is next? What are plans that are that you're doing with the conclave? Uh, in the near future, what's the summer going to look like for the Malaway brothers? Ah, uh, there's a lot going on. Um, so we have we're going to start. In the conclave, we're going to start doing a lot of uh, witch 101 kind of situations because people have been asking that. 
And uh, hopefully this will be the first step into something where we're kind of able to do more curriculum-based learnings and things like that, because now we just have just random classes, but I would love to do something where it's you start from day one and you're able to learn magic a little bit more Hogwarts style. Um, but elsewise, we're also bringing out um, the Sabbaths as usual, the full moons as usual. We're going to be dipping into things about like fetches and uh, working with like your own spirit familiars to put that into the world. And then the shop is always going to be chugging along like crazy. Summer is always a busy season for us. So it's it's going to be a fun, busy time. Of course it is. And of course, I have to plug in again. No moons, no moon ceremonies by yours truly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Held there as a way of the Maliways Guild of Magic. magic. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I forgot the word magic. <laughs> um, so come and join us or come and join us for the fortune uh, fairy. Um, the fair fortunes. Fair of fortunes. I what what is happening to me? The <laughs> that is also happening. That the wonderful brothers are hosting uh, a host of uh, readers and practitioners, and you guys are being so generous, letting us set shop there for a weekend. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Meetup. Go to Meetup, and everything is there on Meetup um, by the Conclave or the Guild of Magic, and um. Thank you for being on the show tonight. I really, really enjoy your company. You are a wonderful person and a good friend. And I leave you the microphones so you can say good night to your audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This was amazing to be on. You're always so great to talk to. So I was, and this like, I just felt like I just had compliments thrown at me the entire time. So I feel amazing. So thank you for having me on. And thank you for people who are still listening to this. And if you get my book, super duper special, thank you. And um, I hope you have a super magical time. Thank you, Wick, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And all I have less, all I have left to say is I cannot English apparently tonight. Uh, please listen to CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. We have over nine hundred hours of podcasts and shows that you can download, listen, keep to your archives, or share with your friends. You can listen to us in um, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have, of course, um, Circle Talk with Deborah Rose. We have Circle of Nature with Selena Fox. We have Blue Marble with Charlotte Bear. We have uh, Song of the Pagan Tribe with Karen Green. And we have Paganos del Mundo on Spanish and Portuguese with Christian Ortiz, Carolina Moore. Monica Govin, Harwe Tuleva, and Patricia Finkler, and yours truly, Laura Gonzalez. And of course, we have Lunatic Mondays, the second and fourth Monday of the month. And next week, we're going to have here uh, Chris Allen. So don't miss the shows. They're getting better and better. <laughs> Humbly saying that they're getting better and better. So listen to the whole station. And until we meet again, never forget that you are loved. Bye-bye. Lunatic Mondays is a production of Laura Gonzalez for CSN Podcasts, building bridges of community around the world. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. 
please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN Podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings.